Hello, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, relationships, career, health, and happiness. And right now we're in the midst of this virus worldwide, and people are having economic problems, unemployment, troubles, paying bills, keeping up with expenses. Yet today's topic is something totally different. It's a new way to think. It is how to be filthy rich without feeling bad or guilty about it. Now, sometimes people feel bad about the idea of getting rich. Maybe they're taught that money is bad or evil in some way. Other people may go the other way and they pursue, chase, or even worship money as their identity and to look at becoming happy. But there's a middle ground where you can use financial and economic success in a positive way to help yourself, your family, others. And also to realize that riches can be many things. It's not just financial. You can be rich in love, in your family, in your health, in your happiness, in your spirituality. But today's topic, we're going to delve into financial riches because a lot of people do want to have financial security, maybe even wealth they can use for many purposes to experience life fully, to help others, to help their family, and to grow as a human being. My first question to you, the audience, Love University students, do you feel rich? Do you feel wealthy, whether it's financially or other ways? And Wealth is defined in the U.S. in certain studies as having $5 million in net assets aside from your home that you can invest or use in some way. Yet only 13% of millionaires in the U.S. feel rich. And part of the problem is that people do what's called an upward comparison. They compare themselves to those who are doing better than them financially. Maybe you do this as well. And actually, you'll be happier if you compare yourself to people who are doing worse than you, which is called downward comparison. Now, they did a study where they found that people that win a lottery, their neighbors start to spend more money to keep up with them because the other person started buying nice cars and other things. And those neighbors often ended up in debt and even had to declare bankruptcy as a result because of upward comparison. They compare themselves to the lottery winner. On the other hand, if all the neighbors or most of the neighbors in a neighborhood are generally the same financially, everyone feels okay. And they don't feel the pressure to keep up with the Joneses, as they say, and get themselves into debt. Another study finds that people that have a nice bank balance, that have a certain amount of money in their bank, actually feel better, even than those that have investments. Even though the investments pay a lot more than the bank, interest-wise, they have that psychological feeling of having abundance. Also, when it comes to money, people feel better when they spend money on memorable experiences, maybe trips with their family to exotic and interesting locations. Also, when people give money away, they actually feel better psychologically. And also when they pay people to do things they don't want to do, like clean your toilet or do other things that you don't want to get your hands dirty on, uh, people feel better using money in those ways. Now, when it comes to millionaires, there are actually different types of millionaires. For example, there's what's called the thrillionaires. Those individuals that like to use money for pleasure, sensualities, fine food, dining, traveling, and they like to show off what they have, their expensive cars. Now, you've seen celebrities or athletes that have maybe 20 cars in a garage amazing sports and exotic cars. And they like to have that as a feeling that they can enjoy those toys and those things that money can buy. They enjoy throwing lavish parties and spending a lot of money on their friends and buying gifts and things like that. Then we have what are called the culinaries. The culinaries are those that love art and beauty and they use money to consume it. So they might buy very expensive artistic pieces and also decorate their homes in certain lavish ways. And for them, Money is a way to express their taste, to express their style, and to show status. Then we have what are known as the billionaires. The billionaires are those are kind of our low-key kind of rich people that don't really show off a lot of their wealth, and 
they may make a big purchase, but then most of the time they're frugal and they like to think they can get the best bargain out of things. And their favorite phrase is, I have uncommon common sense and money is simply a way to express my identity as who I am, which may not be extravagant. It may just be ordinary, simple, normal. Warren Buffett, one of the richest billionaires in the world, investor, drives an old Cadillac, lives in the same house he's lived in since he bought it for $31,000, and he spends $3.89 on a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit sandwich. So he doesn't spend a lot of money on himself, but he enjoys his work. He loves his work. He can go hours and hours looking at investment information. And finally, we have what are called the wellionaires. Wellionaires are those people that want to use their money to feel good and do good. So they might have a spiritual or humanitarian or philanthropic background or interest. For example, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates have a foundation. They've given over $50 billion away to charity. And these people want to leave a legacy behind. They want to help the world, maybe help the environment, help people who are impoverished, who have little money even for basic necessities. And they have a mission. They want to use their money for good purposes, for philanthropic purposes. Now, here's an important question. Does money make you happy? Now, there are some people that actually believe that money, having enough of it, a lot of it, or being rich can make them happy. Some studies show that people that are a low economic level who have barely enough for the necessities like food and shelter and, and worry about paying the light bill, those people, if you give them some money, they're actually going to feel happier to a certain extent. But after a certain amount of money that you have, additional money is not going to make that much difference to your happiness, whether it's six figures or a million or, or a billion dollars. In fact, a salary increase only accounts for 5% of job satisfaction. On the other hand, you can have lower self-worth if your self-esteem is tied to having money and you don't have much or as much as you would like. There's a psychological test called the Financial Contingency of Self-Worth Scale, which means that the higher your score on the scale, on this uh, assessment measure, the more you tie your self-esteem to having money and you feel bad when you don't. Now, the way around that is to look at your psychological strengths. Maybe you don't have that much money, but you can say, well, but I have a sense of humor. That's good. I have a, I'm intelligent. I'm creative. I have other qualities and people feel better as a result, even though they don't, may not have that much money. Now, recently in the last maybe 20 years, we've had people that have become very wealthy billionaires through dot-com companies, internet technology, Silicon Valley. And these people are sometimes called pajama billionaires because they can go to a sports event in the front row and, and sit in their pajamas and not think anything of it because they have so much money. They, they don't care about what people think. And they can spend massive amounts of money in their lifetime and even other lifetimes and still have money left over. And the interesting thing about it is that a lot of these so-called pajama billionaires are depressed if they make money in a quick way through a sale of a business, through a stock offering. Many times they're depressed because they've reached their highest point and then they ask, what's next? What can I do? Now, some of them start new businesses and even they start doing other activities, even what we call small wins to maintain their motivation, to maintain their momentum and progress. Groupon's Andrew Mason and Microsoft's Paul Allen actually started musical bands where they actually perform in bands. Now, they don't need the money if they make money from the band, but they do it for fun, and it kind of gives them a sense of doing something, something accomplishing, even beyond their financial riches. So that's an important factor. Keep yourself motivated, moving towards something, accomplishing things. And overall, happiness really is connected to three things, aside from money. One is feeling good about what you do, uh, your talents and abilities, feeling competent. The other one is close, intimate relationships, love relationships, family, and finally have a sense of independence or autonomy. Now, money can help you maybe with the last part, feeling more autonomous or independent, where you can start your own business and be an entrepreneur. But the other things, whether you're feeling good about your abilities or relationships, is something that's independent of money. 
Now, let's say that you want to be wealthier or richer or have more money, which a lot of people do want that. What is the mentality of the wealthy? How do they think? Some people think that wealthy people are spoiled, arrogant, also maybe have trouble psychologically. Maybe they're depressed and anxious. And Richard shows that's not the case. A majority of wealthy people are emotionally stable. They're not neurotic, which means moody, stressed, or irritable. They're actually calm, collected, fairly positive. They're often open to new experiences. They want to learn new things. They're always reading and looking at new things. They're also what we call nonconformists. They don't just agree just to agree. Uh, they can have their own opinion. They can handle conflict pretty well. They don't have to fit in to other people's opinions. Also, they're often conscientious. They're very careful, diligent, hardworking people, self-disciplined. They know how to save and invest. Wealthy people also have a strong internal locus of control. Locus of control refers to whether you believe that your results in life are a result of your own ability, which means internal or talent, or if it's external locus of control, you believe that things that happen to you are because of other people or because of luck. So the wealthy person is more likely to say, I can control my own business. I can make the money I need, as opposed to saying, well, I got lucky in this business venture or someone helped me do it. The other thing about the mentality of the wealthy is that they learn from their defeats. They look for inner causes of failure. They don't just blame other people that they took advantage of me. They ask, what about me led me to this point of view where I lost money or didn't do well in business? And as a result, they can change those things or work on changing those inner qualities. Maybe they need to be more organized, procrastinate less, whatever it might be. They can take charge and they feel better about themselves because they have the locus of control internally. They know that they can make a difference. So here's the ultimate question. How can you be rich both mentally and in reality? Now, Reggie, my producer, I've known you for quite a while now. Would you like to be rich, Reggie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't think uh, there's not, not much doubt in your mind. Wealth can be very positive in many ways. So how do we do that? First of all, we need to be aware of where our money goes. People that are wealthy know what they're spending. And sometimes people don't do that. People that don't have as much money. They spend a lot on food or entertainment or other things. And they don't really keep track of their money. And as a result, they don't save and invest. A wealthy person might save a certain percentage, 20% or more of their money. Whereas the person that doesn't have much money saves 2% or even nothing. And they're falling debt. Are you shaking your head, Reggie? Does that sound like you? I don't think so. You save and invest all your money? Actually, I do, yeah. Really? How did you get into that well, mindset? I don't invest. I save my money. Okay, save it. Well, you got to invest it to make more money. Uh, think of them as little people that make other little people for you. So each dollar can create new dollars. Otherwise, they just die off, right? Because they don't make uh, anything for themselves. The other thing is you have to understand the emotional need that you may have connected to money. There is a workaholic man that started to look into buying a big house that he couldn't really afford. It was too much. And in therapy, he realized that when he was a kid, his dad struggled with money, their whole family. They ended up losing their house and going bankrupt. So for him, having a big house, even though he couldn't afford it, was a symbol of emotional security that he didn't have as a child. So learning that, he realized that what I really want is to feel secure emotionally and psychologically even more than I want the big house. That helped him eventually get the house he needed and also have a better mindset. The other important thing to do is to have what's called money belief training to change the way you look at money. Now, we have what are called money limiting beliefs that we may have gotten from our parents. For example, money doesn't grow on trees. Money is evil. You never make enough. Only the rich have advantages. And that keeps you feeling negative, pessimistic. Maybe you don't go for the college degree that you really want or the business or the career because you feel that you don't have the advantages or can't reach that high level of financial success. 
On the other hand, you can have what are known as money-enhancing thoughts. In fact, you can create them for yourself. You can write them down. You can videotape, audio tape yourself saying things like, I can make money to a high level. I can use it for good. I can be rich or I am rich. I am wealthy. And again, wealth and riches can be many things. It can be friendships. It can be love, health, happiness. But it can also be material gains. It could be actual financial money, whether it's cash money or commodities or any kind of thing that has value. Now, we know that there are many immigrants that come to the U.S. from impoverished countries or even oppressive countries, and they come here and they realize, I can do something here in this country. I can start a business. I can be successful. And many of them can do that and do do that. There is a janitor who worked very hard, and one time he got the idea, I want to be more than a janitor. I, I want to start my own cleaning service. And he did that. He became a multimillionaire. He started a multimillion dollar cleaning service. And his philosophy was, everyone needs a clean place. As a result, he did very well. He hired the right people and succeeded. Viktor Frankl, the famous Jewish psychiatrist in Nazi Germany who was in concentration camp, and he saw many people die. Wealthy people before the war, Jewish people were put in the camps. But there are a few men that survived the whole time, and some of them were very caring to the other prisoners. They would actually give up the little bread they had to others. They're very caring and loving, and they had a meaning for their life. They wanted to help humanity. They wanted to get out of the camp and see their family grow. And according to Frankel, he said that you can take everything from a person except the freedom to choose their attitude. So your attitude, your mental attitude toward money, toward life is crucial and giving you prosperity, giving you happiness. So starting to realize that you can change the attitude from poverty where I don't have enough money, I'm always in debt, to I can be wealthy, I can be rich, I can help others with my money, I can enjoy life fully. And finally, an important idea, I wrote about this in my book, Invincible You is something called money as loving energy or money-loving energy. Think of money as a form of positive, loving energy. When you do something that you love, whether it's teaching, science, business, or even what we're doing here, podcasting, we may receive money from it. This thing in the form of a currency, a check, or electronic money. And we receive it in appreciation for what we offered to the world, to society. And then we take that money and we buy goods and services, maybe our utilities, our gas, our food, our clothes, our shelter, and we show appreciation to those who give us those goods and services in the form of this money, this loving energy. And that way, money circulates throughout the world, bringing growth, helping people, contributing. And it's a form of loving energy. So one way to think about it is that money is a way to create bonds of cheery affinity, of connected energy, of togetherness. So you may go to a merchant, a storekeeper, and pay a little bit extra sometimes than you thought you wanted to pay. But you think of it as a form of lovey energy. You're helping the owner of the store maybe pay for their children's education or help their elderly parent who's sick. And you don't think of it as you lost something, but you gained. Now, you don't want to be taken advantage of. And of course, you still want to get value for the money that you spent. But don't think of every transaction as you have to win or, or beat the other person. Think of it as you can develop a relationship based on lovey energy. And there may be a point where that store owner or that person you dealt with will give you a great discount or benefit in the future because you have given them benefits in the past, maybe even someone that you don't even know or someone that watches your charity or, or your positive attitude toward money will come back and give you a great deal or great business advantage or financial advantage. So loving energy circulates. Money is loving energy circulates everywhere and improves people's lives. It brings people together if you think of it in that way. Now here's one exercise I want you to try at home that's kind of fun. It's called the loving money energy exercise. Pass the $100 bill. Now, right here in my hand, Reggie, my producer, I have a $100 bill. You see, it's a crisp new $100 bill. Now, you like this $100 bill, yeah, Reggie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going to give this to you, Reggie, and I'm going to give this as a form of love energy to you. 
And I'm going to say thank you and for being my producer for many years, for helping us, Love University, reach our peak of uh, success as we're growing. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Now, Reggie, you're going to hand it right back, and you're going to thank me for something in the same way. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Avila, just for the opportunity. It's been a ride, well, quite a ride, you know, the past three years, you know. Right. I just learned a lot of growth. Here, Reggie, here's $100 for your smile that I really like. <laughs> and here's $100 for um, your intelligence and um, wit. Reggie, I think you really want this $100 back, don't you? You're, you're giving me a nice compliment. <laughs> okay. Well, Reggie, that's a lot of fun. And what we're just doing is we're just passing money back and forth in one way, but we're also passing loving energy. We're passing positivity. So you can do this in a circle of people, friends in, in your home or family members, and just pass it over to them and just say something you like about them and thank them for it. And they can pass it around. And eventually, it's going to come back to you. Hopefully, right? I mean, it should, right? Because that's the way money is. Money circulates. Money returns if it's sent with love. So the question, do you want to be rich? And the answer is yes. If riches means being a healthy, loving, happy person, and also utilizing this thing called money, this instrument, to contribute to your, your family, to yourself, and to other people, to the world, in a very positive, loving way, to improve conditions everywhere in the world. So you can be rich. You need to change your mindset to one of wealth mentality. Think like millionaires or rich people that are happy, that are satisfied with their lives, making progress, moving forward, and understanding that they can learn from anything that happens to them. Even economic collapses and problems we're facing now, we can learn how to improve that in the future. We can take the lesson and also become more patient, humble, and loving human beings. Now, if you want to connect with us on Love University, you want to be on the show, you have a show idea, you can write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. Visit us at loveuniversity.love. Call us at 310-226-8090. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Love Letter U Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So until next time, Love University students, go out and make this a wealthy, rich, loving week in every single way that we can think of. Help people, contribute, grow, spend your money in things that are important to you and that can bring loving energy back. Until next time, put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones, and your checkbooks, if you still have those things, and everything else. And we'll see you next time, Dr. Avila. 